Welcome everyone to episode 26 of Down to Play. I'm your host, Dapper Tux, along with... Next Gen Player. For this show, we'll be giving our review of Activision's Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, EA's Star Wars Squadrons, and Nintendo's Super Mario Bros. 35. Before we start, I'd like to give a special thanks to publishers for providing many of the games reviewed in this episode. Let's kick things off with Crash making his <laughs> super return in Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time. He's back! It's the eighth main installment in the Crash Bandicoot series. It's a sequel to Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy and takes place after the events of Crash Bandicoot Warp. The game is developed by Toys for Bob, the same awesome developer behind the Spyro Reignited trilogy and Crash Bandicoot Insane trilogy. Crash 4 was published by Activision and the game is out now on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. The story sees both Crash Bandicoot and his sister Coco set out to recover the all-powerful quantum masks to stop their old nemesis Dr. Neocortex and Dr. Entrophy from their attempt to enslave the multiverse. Next Gen, what were your thoughts on the game? It's awesome to have Crash back, that's for sure. I mean, geez, I love Crash and having the Insane Trilogy release a few years ago. I mean, after we played that, pretty much everyone, myself included, were going on social and like, hey, like, can we have more Crash? You know, like this, it's yeah. great. That, it's great that you remastered all these these awesome games, right? Or remade, you know, the, the first three classic games. But let's like let's actually bring them back. Like now we're actually probably doing the same thing with Spyro, right? We're like, come on, where's the next Spyro game? We got the Spyro reignited trilogy. So where's the next one, right? It's almost like they put Toys for Bob on a, on a sort of trial run and see how they did with all the, the remasters. But I think after this absolutely fantastic brand new addition to the Crash series, it's time to let Toys for Bob do their thing with all, all, new, uh, all new games, especially for Spyro. I can't wait to see something, something happen there with our little dragon friend. Yeah, and the main thing that I liked about this game is I, I love old school challenges and damn does Crash Bandicoot 4 deliver. I mean, I, you know, a lot of recent games in the last few years, they just sort of like, they just lower the challenge compared to previous gens on purpose, right? And that's that's to make the games more accessible. And I'm all about accessibility as well, right? But at the same time, you know, I just, I like that old school feeling. I like games that really push me to the limit. And Crash Bandicoot definitely did that. Yeah, like, it's not just like you're breezing through the adventure. It's, it's you are going through the adventure, but there are certain times that you get frustrated. There was like... There was a few levels, one in particular, which I'm trying to remember the name, but it was the one where you have to travel through the city and you have to jump on like moving buses as you're going. And that one, geez, I, I think my death counter was up to something like 40, right? It was like, it was a, it was a lot. And uh, and I, I was getting like, I was frustrated like 40 times. How am I, how, like, how, that's a lot of deaths, right? But then I finally did it. I knew that I would do it eventually if I just pers like push myself and persevere right and the feeling of accomplishment when i beat that level was the greatest feeling and that's why i like a nice challenge right it just it, it gives you that that feeling right and i thought that crash bandicoot 4 was definitely very hard like some levels were super hard i remember the uh the like the neocortex island was massively hard but i don't think it was you know impossible right i mean i beat it i don't think i'm the best gamer like i think i'm pretty good i can i beat uh i beat bloodborne and a few other pretty hard games but uh you know it, it's it's I'm, I'm definitely not a pro gamer but you know i managed to get my way through it and um yeah i mean it's i, I actually want to go back because there's um how many different there's what 43 different regular levels and then there's 
43 inverted levels and there's 21 flashback levels and it's like some of the other ones are, are are just so like the flashback levels are super challenging and the inverted ones like they add like you know some crazy things to to the gameplay that that just sort of like make the levels even harder so i think getting a hundred percent in crash 4 to me is almost impossible <laughs> yeah it's definitely challenging i guess like another thing that i really liked about this was i thought the playable characters were awesome it's that you can play as crash bandicoot you can play as a sister coco they play you know pretty much as we we know and remember them but uh i just love the fact that they add neocortex as a playable character he's got this neat gun that sort of like makes enemies turn into blocks and then if you shoot them again they turn into jelly blocks that you can bounce on and then tana like tana was like super fun because she's got a grappling hook so she's like super high flying and acrobatic but i have to say like my favorite character in this whole game is dingo dial and i never expected that because he's kind of like just like a weird guy right weird weird like random enemy of crash bandicoot but like he kind of plays like Luigi from Luigi's Mansion, right? He's got his vacuum. Yeah, I was going to say, he's got those Luigi's Mansion vacuum sort of uh, game mechanics going for him. But you're right, it was extremely enjoyable to play as. I, I Like, I played a, a bunch of levels with Dingo Dial, and I thought, you know what? They should totally have a spinoff with him. Like, I would definitely play that. Imagine a whole game... Of, of just because i thought his mechanics were, were fun right i think a any of the mechanics with the newer characters that they introduced here i'd play a whole game with every single one of them like it was pretty it was pretty wild true true yeah even dr cortex and his like little boost jump like it, it was it was a lot of fun i think any one of the characters and i think that's a true testament to toys to bob is uh what they were able to do here with all the characters and make them so playable that you could in in their own standalone game have you know stand on their own two feet which 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 again like i said i would totally play yeah yeah absolutely like they're just so much fun it's kind of a shame that that the characters have their own unique levels right like i kind of would would have loved to have played all the crash levels as neocortex or or play as dingo dial or tana but i, I sort of get it because each of the levels are sort of tailored to their play style right like they like you know obviously with tana she's got the, the grapple hook so all the levels have grapple points that she can get onto so it makes sense but uh but yeah no that would have been so fun like i would have loved to play the whole game as neocortex yeah some of the lego games do that where if you go back with a certain character other other parts of a map where you were one character weren't unlockable but because you have a certain power or something that helps you to access that area it allows you to do so that, that would be pretty cool you're right yeah, for me, I also love the incredible graphics. I love the the style they went with. They didn't go with like ultra realistic. They kept it like Saturday morning cartoon, which I really appreciated. And I would love to see this as a cartoon, you know, hint, hint, Netflix or Amazon Prime video. Make this game a, a cartoon. I'd love to watch this uh, <laughs> with my six-year-old. Uh, I love the quantum masks. And I know, Paul, you're going to talk a little bit more about them. But they really added some new thrilling gameplay elements. Uh, while at the same time respecting that that crash challenging uh, crash 3D platforming pedigree, um, I really like the the added in you know rope swinging and wall running. It felt very different yet uh, new enough for a generation of gamers. And again, like I said before, kept all original fans happy as well. So as an original crash fan, I didn't feel like I felt like it had 
enough new elements, but it didn't totally change the DNA of what makes Crash so great. And I also really like the enhanced shadow. So I know some purists might not be into that, but I like at least seeing where Crash or other characters are going to land. So you can remove, you can turn that off, I believe, in the settings, but it really takes the guesswork out of where you're going to land. And with such, as you mentioned before, uh, Next Gen, with so many challenging platforming areas, it was it was great to have. And the inverted levels are a ton of fun and just with the, with the different sort of uh, graphical elements and stylistic uh, add-ins that they had, it just added so much replayability mixed with style. I absolutely, I absolutely love that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the shadow was, was great, man. That was awesome. Like, I'm so glad they added that because, man, it's, I remember, like, you know, in the, uh, the Insane Trilogy and just, like, platformers in general that don't have a shadow when you jump. It just, yeah. it makes, and the other thing, too, like, with, with Crash Bandicoot, like, you're usually going into the screen, right? If it's a side-scrolling game, I can time my jumps a little bit easier. But when I'm going into the screen, it's a little bit harder to, to judge, you know, how far platforms are away and yada yada. So it's, you know, it's it's definitely uh, definitely good to have that in there. So I agree. And yeah, the last thing you mentioned about the masks, like I thought the masks were phenomenal. I mean, there's four different masks in the game. You've got like the, the face-shifting mask that can turn blocks in and out. There's the, the dark matter one that gets you like you, you spin with this dark matter and you can br uh, break blocks you normally couldn't break. There's the time mask where you can slow down time for a few seconds. And then my absolute favorite is the gravity mask. I love this one. You can get make yourself go on the ceilings. You can like flip the whole level upside down. You know what I mean? It's just so much fun. The most interesting thing that I thought with the mask is that the masks are actually a power up in a sense, right? They give you an, an extra ability, but they actually make the challenges much harder, right? To to make to force you to use these powers. So actually, like, by about the midway through the game, I started to, I, I still liked the powers, but I was kind of like, I got, I got that feeling in my gut, like, uh-oh, like, oh, no. Because, like, as soon as you get one of these powers, you know that whatever is coming up is going to be harder than what you just had, right? So I'm like, oh, man, and especially, like, it, it culminates at the very end of the game. The last level, you have to use all four of the masks all within seconds of each other like you're you're like switching around gravity and you're like yeah you're like spinning super high with a dark matter and all these crazy things and you're doing it all like one in a row on a fly and oh man like that was super super hard so yeah definitely an awesome addition um and it, and it kind of makes sense that knowing how hard crash games usually are that the power-ups actually make the levels more difficult it's like it's so crash Awesome. So we've been speaking pretty highly about the game. What were some things that uh, that you disliked about it? Yeah, I'll just get into a few things really quick here. The, the first one really is, is actually the challenge. The challenge was actually one of my, my pros, but it's also one of my cons because of the fact that I like I can beat the game no problem, but 100%ing this game is just going to take me forever. Like there's just so many things that you have to do. Getting all the diamonds and, and get like the hidden diamond and getting all the what is it there's like the the like colored keys or whatever for that door like there's just so many things and uh, like i'm the type of gamer that buys a game or plays a game and then a week or two later i'm on to the next one right like i don't i don't just sit there like if i had three months i would go through and i would just like i totally perfect this game and 100 percent it but i just don't have time it's the game is just way too hard and way there's just way too much stuff for me to to bother doing that so it's kind of a con for me um, the controls, I think I mentioned this before when, when we were talking about the demo, but I just find that Crash Bandicoot controls are not as precise as I'd like. Like, I find that he's just kind of like, 
he's like a loosely a loose controlled character i don't know how best to describe it but like it's in other games like if i'm playing a mario game i can tend to like you know land every platform jump that i need or if i'm playing ori or like other games like that i it's like pinpoint precision i can do but crash i don't know like sometimes when i die like maybe like 20 percent of the times i'm like it wasn't my fault like that it's just crash sucks at that at like moving or <laughs> he's an awkwardly moving guy right and then uh, the last thing too is like the, the overhead map i thought it was a little bit clunky because um i don't actually think that there's a way to fast travel maybe i, may, I don't know maybe i didn't look in the menus enough but but like if i'm at the, on world nine and i want to go back and play a level on world one as far as i know you have to walk back to world one right like come on man it takes me like sure a minute and a half to walk back or a minute to walk back to level one but like it's just annoying right like there should just be like there should be a world select, right? Just like oh, I you just... should have. You've got all those masks, the quantum masks handy. There should be some something that can help you out there to to warp you back, definitely. Uh, but yeah, no to to uh, to. I echo a lot of your sentiments. Uh, for me, there was uh, a lot of points with uh, tricky camera angles that that irritated me. Sometimes I felt like, especially with the the rail grinding elements, it came back to that not knowing exactly at what point to jump just based on a camera angle. Uh, they sometimes posed a bigger hurdle to overcome than you know the actual jumps themselves and enemies. So yeah, tri tricky tricky camera angles are definitely one downside. And again, the challenge level, I just found that uh, it would just ramp up to super punishingly hard levels, but uh that's about all i can sort of take away at it from it at this point you you covered it off so well uh next gen what would you score uh crash 4 out of 10 gonna give this game a super high score i'm gonna give it 9 out of 10 i danced with crash at at e3 i can't do him dirty here with a low <laughs> score i mean like i literally i partied with the crash mascot i raced them in a in a, in a go-kart crash and i go way back but even with all that aside I can put all those incredible experiences aside with my friend Crash. I got to give this game a 9 out of 10. Crash is back, baby. And he's, he's just so, he's brought all his buddies along and and new bag of tricks. I love this game. Don't pass it up. Put it on that holiday list or, or better yet, go out, grab it, grab it as soon as you can and check it out. If you like Crash, you like 3D platforming, you're going to be into this game. So yeah, and don't forget to, uh, to, to tag us and uh, let us know your opinions at down to play cast. Let us know what you think. We'd, we'd love to uh, retweet some of your screenshots and some of your opinions on the game. Next up, it's uh, to a galaxy far, far away with, with Star Wars Squadrons review. At long last, EA has released Star Wars Squadrons, a brand new space combat set in the Star Wars universe. Uh, this game follows uh, such space combat classics as Star Wars Rogue, Rogue Squadrons, X-Wings vs. TIE Fighters, and of course, Star Wars X-Wing Alliance. Star Wars Squadrons is developed by Canada's very own Motive Studios, based in Montreal, and of course, it's published by EA. The game is out now for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. The game features both online multiplayer game modes and a single-player campaign. The story is set after the return of the Jedi, with the campaign alternating between the New Republic's Vanguard Squadron and the Galactic Empire's Titan Squadron, both of which become involved in a secret project named Starhawk. With the Vanguard Squadron wanting to ensure its completion while the, the, while the Titan Squadron attempts to destroy it. So, Paul, what did you think about the game? I thought it was great that they actually release a Star Wars game that has a story, a good story to it. Yeah, and yep. yeah, yeah, like we, it's, I mean, it's, it's, about time and the other thing that i want to commend motive to for is uh this game actually doesn't have any microtransactions or like dlc or seasons pass like it's actually a complete experience right you buy it 
You've got a, a campaign. You've got some multiplayer modes. And the price tag is is lower too. So that's another big plus. I expected with going in with a, a lower uh, retail retail point that it would be a, a, you know something that you'd have to buy a lot of add-ons for. But it's completely not the case. Yeah, I almost actually don't get it. <laughs> like it's yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's very it's very prosumer. I'm gonna say that they could have got away. I'm sure with having this as a higher price game. I, I don't like. I mean. It, it technically is a complete game experience, right? Like there's nothing really the, like, I know, you know, some people are, would say that the, uh, the multiplayer is a little bit lacking um, in comparison to other past EA games, which are sort of past star Wars EA games, which makes sense. But, uh, but it like, it is really overall a complete package. So, um, and you know, of course I like story. We talk about this all the time on the podcast. I love story-based games. I love campaigns. So, this one is great, I thought. It's a seven to eight hour campaign. It, it, the thing is, is that I love, just like I mentioned with Crash, where I like to flip upside down in, in platforming games, in, in story games, I love when I can play the villain. I don't know why. It's just yeah. like, it's just the, the thing I like doing. I like playing as the villain, right? So having uh, it... It flushes out their story more, right? You're more motivated as the good guy to understand the motivations of the bad guy and i just think braver storytellers are not afraid to do that to make you either sympathize with the villain a little bit more right i think it adds so much more depth to to all facets of the story for sure i mean look at the last of us part two right oh that's what made that game again spoiler alert my my game of the year uh or game of the decade but uh yeah no you're right yeah, I mean, like you, you literally play as the person that you hate for the first half of the game, right? Yeah. It's just it's it's cool that you can actually go behind the scenes and you can see things that are happening on the dark side and and the alliance, right? Like you can see all these cool things, and I think that you know th- this actually takes place right after Return of the Jedi too, and I like this added a lot to me from a story perspective because. I always thought, and I think I probably always will, is the original trilogy is just the best, right? Like, nothing... No, it's, yeah. Like, it's just impossible. I don't even know sure if any trilogy is ever going to get better than that. I find that the original trilogy is just so good, and, and having a game that takes place right after that just feels right. You know what I mean? All And the thing is, too, that I like about it is that there's, like, class-based starfighters that you get in the game. And all of the starfighters are based on the models from the original trilogy, right? So, you, like, it's just like my nostalgia heartstring was just being strung the whole time, like, it's <laughs> right, like yeah. it's, it just feels great. And uh, and the thing that, yeah, like, just building on the class-based starfighters, like, it's just so cool that you get to play as fighters, interceptors, bombers, and support classes. And for each of those classes, you've got two different ships. You've got one. That is for obviously the uh, the alliance, and then one is for the the empire, right? So you've got like the Tie Fighter and the X Wing. You've got the Interceptor and the A Wing, the Tie Bomber and the Y Wing, and the Tie Reaper and the U Wing, right? So it's just really, 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 really good. And the thing is that I like about this a lot is that I find that everything in this game is just really authentic, right? Like you actually you cannot. Um, have the camera outside of your cockpit like you can't you can't actually have like a third person camera the camera is always inside the cockpit you've got that you got no choice for that right which i can see that being a con for some people but for me it it was just so cool like when you step foot in that tie bomber or like a wing like you feel 
like you're in there, right? You, you've got all the instruments. Put so much detail into the HUD and the instruments. Like that's why for me, you're right. Sometimes even with racers, I like to hop out into third person perspective, but with this to do it justice and to, to really double down on the immer immersive experience, I was, I was all about just sitting right in the cockpit and being like, okay, I can you read these instruments and get more out of my ship. And man, I really feel like Luke Skywalker, or I feel like Darth Vader in a TIE, tie fighter or, or, you know, uh, someone that's part of the star Wars universe. It was just so awesome. Yeah. And I mean, like everything down from the sound effects too, like, and, and the, even the colors of the lasers, right? Like you've got like the, the X wings will shoot the red lasers, the, the 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 tie fighters will have the green lasers right and they and they actually have different sound effects too right so you like you know when you're in one of the empire ships be, just by the sound of your lasers and it just feels really cool i like it and uh and the thing is too is like you know there's a bunch of different multiplayer modes that you can play and one one of them is uh the well the main one the meat of it really is the fleet battles and geez man like those are so fun like those like basically it's like you have to slowly progress your way to destroy the like you know the the big capital ships right so you got like um it's it's like big battles where there's a whole bunch of ai sort of like little like minions that you have to take out but then you, you gradually get to like the larger ships and then you finally get to the capital ships and it's just like man it feels like a really epic battle right like those are those are like really i like i like how you can like, I thought the controls were great. Like, you can fly and you can totally skim the capital ships, just like in the movies, right? You know, like, Luke Skywalker's, like, he's, like, you know, three feet away from, from crashing into the capital ships, but he manages to, like, take out the central core, stuff like that. Like, I felt like that when I'm playing that, because I'm just like, man, like, and these ships are huge, right? Like, you could be, like, you know, 20 seconds of, of, of like, pure coasting along the capital ship. And so you finally take out, you know, some of the, the, the key central uh, uh, components of the ship and take it down, right? So, yeah, like, overall, I'm just super satisfied. It's really authentic, and, and I, I like class-based, uh, class-based anything, really. It's, it's, it's like, it's really, uh, you know, I, I enjoy class-based combat a lot, and I just thought the story was great. So it's kind of actually too bad that there's no DLC or extra content. Yes, it's it, fans have been clamoring for this. We don't want any extra add-ons or any loot boxes, and then we got that, and now we got a game that's so good. It's like, well, maybe we don't want the loot boxes anymore, but we could definitely go with some some story DLC, and yeah, I I, I would be down for it too. Uh, but just to to echo your sentiments around the things that I enjoyed around the game, I I love the story from two perspectives, and it would have robbed Star Wars fans of so much if you were just only playing, uh, you know, on the on the Rebel Alliance side or just on the dark side. This way, you got to experience number one, my favorite part, two two perspective to a story, and then fly all these incredible ships. So it just gave them so much room. It gave motive so much room to play with story uh, story narratives and letting everyone live their childhood fantasy of of piloting a Y wing or an X wing or a Tie fighter or what have you. I love and again, we're all pretty focused on that flight sim experience. But I was so happy of, uh, with the care and attention that went into you know the story mode as well as the uh, the online multiplayer. Uh, I really love the th the thrilling gameplay and the smooth precise 
the smooth, precise flying. And switching between shields and weapons and speed, it really helped with uh, the overall immersion. And I felt like I was, uh, you know, about to hear the, the the iconic Star Wars music, you know, chime in as I was making adjustments to my ship right before I was going into that final battle run, or I was I was in one of those dog fights, and it just came down to myself and another pilot. So I really love that amazing uh, balance between arcade and sim gameplay it never got overly frustrating uh in terms of objectives at points i did find the game a little bit too too easy graphics sound effects top notch um yeah i can i got so much great stuff to say uh, about the game I, I think i i in a nutshell i put it all together there uh paul what were some of the things that uh, that you disliked around uh around the game so one thing that i didn't like is i thought that the ai was rather weak I, especially you can tell that in the fleet battles because the fleet battles are five versus five and there is probably like an extra maybe 10 or 15 ai ships on either side and I, I just found like the ai ships are rather dumb like they they don't really do much they're they're kind of there as like fodder right it's a battle of attrition and they all, all these like ai just keep on like coming out and they just keep on dying right so i didn't really find like you could when you actually face off against a human player you could tell right like whoa like that yeah. that person's actually firing back and that person is is like taking serious damage on, on me right like yeah so it's just kind of like and same thing when you're playing the campaign right like i just thought that it was kind of just too easy to take out a lot of the the, the enemy so that was definitely a con for me the other one that that it's it's kind of strange because yeah you're, you're right like it's funny how like we complain when we're there's too many microtransactions but then when they strip it all away we still kind of find things to talk about that we don't like right so like for me one of them is like i thought that the the number of cosmetic items that you can buy was pr pretty shallow right like you can buy like little bobbleheads that you can put inside your cockpits and you can get different paint jobs and stuff like that for your ships but there was like maybe eight or ten different doodads that i wanted to buy and, and, you know, and I got enough credits to buy them rather quick. And then after I bought them, I thought, okay, I don't really want anything else, right? Like, if this was a game with microtransactions and, like, all this other stuff, probably every week we'd have a shop that has, like, new things. And, like, maybe there's some, you know, a new bobblehead comes out next week that I'd want to pick up. So, kind of like, I, I don't want microtransactions, of course, but not having new content drops and new things to make me want to go back and, and like collect that new thing jig, like it kind of takes away from it a little bit. Right. So, and the other thing that, that's interesting too, is that usually in these games, the currency that you get is a massive grind because they want you to feel the grind so that you actually pay the microtransactions to get currency. But since this this game doesn't have any microtransactions, I found I got currency at a regular pace. Right. So like, I could buy my bobbleheads and paint jobs like super fast in comparison to other games, right? So yeah, it's kind of just like the store element doesn't really do it for me. It just fizzles out rather quickly. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I, I wanted to just continue on as well too forever. Well, or, you know, at least a few more hours. But uh, one thing I, I did, I did uh, kind of dislike around the game was the objectives were a little bit samey, but I did find the dogfights really made up for it. That extremely satisfying 
uh, signature Star Wars combat did come and save the day, but it would have been nice to see di different objects, uh, more variety, I'll say, with uh, objectives. Uh, and like you said before, the replayability uh, through single player is is lacking. Like once once you once you get through the game, and um, you know if you really carefully go th go through the game, you can pick up a lot of uh, some of the the characters. Uh, side stories, <clears throat> sorry, the character side stories, and I recommend like really exploring through the paddock and on each character's uh, ships and and walking all you know as all over the place so that you can make sure that you're picking up on these neat little story tidbits around each one of these uh, side characters because it's not forced by the story, but the story itself, if you just kind of follow the, the linear path, it's great. But if you force yourself to go off the beaten path and talk more to other characters, man, you got get a really really great backstory or or characters that really add to that backstory um, the online component i do wish that it had more modes but overall it was uh, a very satisfying experience uh, next gen what would you score uh the game out of 10 i thought it delivered exactly what it was out to do right it gave us a great space combat game that allowed us to go into really really awesome space ships and and like everything was just so authentic and nice and so i'm going to give this game a really good score as well i'm going to give it eight out of ten I liked it. Yeah, I, I think the Star Wars fan in me uh, really agrees with that that score. The 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 flight sim and arcade battle fan agrees with that score as well too. There was uh, EA kept all of its promises in terms of we are not going to put loot boxes within here or any type of aggressive DLC that that gates out a lot of content and that that never happened. And the merits of the story and the super awesome and addictive gameplay and graphics and. And again, the storyline, which I can't, I think I've mentioned it like three times in one sentence. I really enjoyed it too. Uh, it's very solid. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 as well. So we're on to uh, the reimagining of the NES Classic available for free right now to Nintendo Switch Online su subscribers. It does it does expire March 31st, 2021. So I, I do hope it will hang around. But as the name implies, it's an online battle game where 35 players compete to become the last Mario standing. Uh, Paul, what were some things that you enjoyed about Super Mario Brothers 35, aka Super Mario Brothers Battle Royale. <laughs> you know, first and foremost, I have to say that I really appreciate that the fact that they actually sort of reinvented this game. I mean, like, come on, this yeah. game came out in like what 85? I don't know. It came out, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 85. Yep. It's uh, 35 years ago, right? So it's it's yeah. just it, it's so like it's just such a classic, iconic game, and the fact that they actually, you know, breathe some more life into it, it is great. Um I, I obviously you know, I replayed the games when I had like the NES Classic and, and some of the, you know, like the the online uh, um, Nintendo Switch games, and stuff like that. Like I've revisited Super Mario Brothers and a lot of other NES Classics, but revisiting it with 34 other players at the same time is just so much fun. I like how they, they sort of like rethought the gameplay where in this game you can actually, um, you can kill enemies and then when you do that, you send them flying off to your opponent's levels, right? So, so you can um, you can either manually select who you want to send of the the enemies to of the other thirty four players, or you can do things like you can send it to the person that has the most coins, um, person that has uh, the least amount of time left on their timer, etc. So yeah, and basically like this is just a battle of the clock. So. Everybody starts out with 35 seconds and you get more time by either collecting certain power-ups or by killing enemies. 
And it's it's basically the last Mario standing. So you just keep on playing through. You start off on level 1-1, one, one, and then you keep on playing through levels. And every time you play and beat a level, I always find it gets a lot harder because some of the other characters or some of the other players would have died. And so, you know, once you get down to, say, like, you know, 5 or 10 players left, suddenly a lot more enemies start flying onto your screen because, you know, the amount of players that they can choose to send them to you is really small, right? So I remember, like, geez, like, there's so many times where I'm playing, even, even like, I'm on, like, 1-2, and suddenly there's, like, you know, 10 Goombas coming after me and, and a Koopa Troopa and a Bowser and a Blooper and, like, all... And a Piranha Plant just, like, sitting there in the middle of nowhere, right? And you're like, what's going on? Like, this is crazy, right? You can some some levels I'd find like three Bowsers, right? Bowser just keeps on coming back. He, he lives forever, right? So yeah, it's just like it's super fun, and I also like too that they they rethought about how to use coins, and so like you know usually you just collect coins and, and get a hundred, you get a free live, right? But in this game, every time you get twenty coins, you can then spin this item roulette and the item roulette allows you to get certain power-ups like a pow block or a mushroom or a fire flower or whatever uh which that in itself is already really cool but but the cooler thing about it to me is that items have now become a currency that you can spend right and part of the game part of, the, of, of how you win this game is coin management right like it's it's totally something that you would never think about in a mario game but like so you can you can either like you know you can spend all your coins in the early part of the game if you want to um like get the early advantage and send a whole bunch of enemies over to your opponent's screens and try to wipe them out early or you could and this is what a lot of people do this is what i tend to do too you save a lot of your coins to the very end right and then suddenly like when it's down to maybe you and four or five other players, and if you've got a hundred coins and you can spin the item roulette a whole bunch of times, it allows you to stay alive a lot longer because you can like get fire flowers to kill more enemies, or you can get a pow to kill all the enemies on the screen. So yeah, no, it's just like there's just so much that you gotta think about, right? Like it's Mario usually it's like let's keep on going until we get to the fake Bowser and kill the fake Bowser until we finally get to world eight and get to the real Bowser. Right. But, uh, but no, this one, this one is like, you got to rethink how you play Mario. And it's, it's, it's kind of actually a shame too, because it's only available until March 31st. Right. So that's part of the reason why I'm like rushing to play it as well. Limited time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I think it creates that, it creates that big, big rush, and uh, yeah, I know. Again, for me, the things that uh, that I enjoyed, that's that's one of the things I don't enjoy. I'm not, I'm not into that rush. I'm really hoping they're going to keep it around. I have a slight theory with this game that I think it might have been originally intended to to potentially go mobile, just based on a, a lot of the way that it's structured. But I'm I'm happy that Nintendo ended up offering offering it completely for free, um, and uh, and and on the Switch as well. Uh, so. I really enjoyed the battle royale with a twist on a classic. So this way, you know, I get to ex experience something new and different with with something that I have decades and decades of skill built up with. I don't know if there's a year that's gone by in my in my almost my entire life that I haven't gone back and played uh, the original Super Mario. So it's to have it come back in this this form and fashion is is super exciting. Um, I really had a lot of fun 
you know, playing playing the game like this again. And I was shocked. Like if you said to me a few years ago, well, does Mario need battle royale? I, you know, I could envision how that could happen, but I really liked the way it was handled here. Um, again, classic graphics and soundtrack with the, with the new gameplay twists. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I put, put I put quite a bit of time into it. Um, one of the things I'll address later on with one of the downsides of it is just around the repetition. But uh, again, you kind of did experience that same idea with constant repetition with the original games. Um, Next Gen, what were some of the things that uh, you disliked about, about the game? Yeah, actually, you just sort of nailed it on the head for me too. Like the repetition it was is definitely something that, that I was thinking about uh i still i think we talked about this before we started the podcast but i'm also still a little bit unclear about how the levels get selected in the game so i i know that as i play i unlock levels like i get that but it seems like no matter what i always start on level one one even if i select another level so i don't know if it's like a voting system where they just sort of tally it up and everyone is just lazy and picks one one right yeah. i don't know if that's a if or, that's or a doesn't game. vote at all and it gets defaulted back to one one every time yeah yeah maybe i don't know because i think i think it would have been better if the levels were all randomized right like if i just started on say like five two and then seven one and then whatever right like something that that it, like every time i start um it's kind of like that would keep me on the edge of my seat too right like where, am i gonna start on like a dun like a bowser dungeon or am i gonna start in a water level or underwater underground like yeah so that 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 kind of uh yeah that that really is something that i I wish the game did but the other thing too is that i do actually kind of wish that there were more things to the game right like it would have been i know i i get that they wanted to stay authentic but maybe they could have introduced like a new power up or something you know what i mean like just just something that is not in the original super mario brothers that i'm just kind of like oh like i know you can get the pow i don't think the pow was in in the original one right but uh but i like i wish there would have been some kind of even if i could have got like uh the wings where i could fly or like like a hammer brothers suit or something like that you know what i mean like just something that that would have like really made this like super interesting and super unique right i think that's that's really uh that's lacking in this game because i mean like overall it is basically super mario brothers right with just a little bit of a twist to it yeah no for sure uh what would you score uh the the game out of 10 next gen i am going to give this a solid seven and a half out of ten nice How about you? okay i think our scores slightly diverge here but uh, it was a solid experience so i'm going to give it a seven out of ten yeah and if nintendo was listening like definitely extend this game yeah yeah please, please like i do. actually like, like pl- i like playing this i it's this is like as you said like you know super mario brothers is something that we tend to go back to a lot right so if and you never if, know like a, a, some sort of esports or 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 niche niche pro gaming following could come out of this right because it really does have a lot of the key tenants of speed running right you could have like a speed runner showdown with a game like this and uh, have you know, key key sort of tracks set up in, around uh, a major competition. So there there could be some really cool sort of you know workings with this. So yeah, Nintendo, I, I echo what Next Gen says. Please keep it longer, <laughs> keep it yeah. longer, keep it free. Maybe throw in some more content, and uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be happy. But for now, those are those are our scores, and uh, you should definitely check it out. Uh, that's game over for this episode. 
I'm Dapper Tux. And I'm Next Gen Player. You can catch us on Twitter and Instagram at Dapper underscore Tux and at Next Gen Player. Don't forget to check out our brand new Twitter account, Down to Play Cast. We are always down to play.